following is a presentation of Bridges Community Church. Our teacher today is Pastor Ron King. For more information on Bridges Community Church, visit us online at www.bridgescc.org. We're going to be in God's Word this morning together, so I'd encourage you to open the Bible, and we're going to start in Joshua chapter 5. Um, I want to say for all those ladies who invited friends for Sweet Friday this past Friday, um, thank you so much for joining the mission of our fellowship to reach people for Christ. And we had a, a packed house over there and a bunch of ladies having a fun time eating good food, but most significantly having really rich spiritual conversations with their friends and um, engaging them in that kind of conversation and hearing the good news, the gospel. A lot of ladies taking Bibles and reading it for the very first time. So um, if you got to be a part of that, thank you, and thank you for being missional and getting after it and inviting friends. That's so huge. Um, if you haven't been with us, we've been talking about that at the very beginning of this season, how really God has this crazy great mission for us, and he's um, working this good thing out with us. We've used the, uh, the word pie to describe that this year, that we would pray specifically grab some friends, five friends to pray for every day this week, and then we would invite them to different events, or small groups, or just over to our house um, to love on them, and then to engage them in spiritual conversation. So um, <clears throat> we're in this series talking about that, fleshing that out, and you've heard us talk a in the last couple of weeks, if you've been here, about how this Sunday we're going to call people to a commitment. And if you've just arrived— well, that's great. God's timing is perfect, isn't it? And he's asked you to kind of process what we're processing as a whole church to think about this Sunday and bringing a commitment to him. And in that context, we showed this video, which I've got a, a couple issues with. And the first issue with is, uh, were you watching that video, by the way? Um, that the guy just, he's just silent and inactive, which of course describes me too often. It just, I, I get that. Um, sometimes there's this pang of when I watch that video or something like that, you know, just pang of guilt, like, oh man, all the people that this week I came in contact with and, and I just hid God's word. I didn't share it with them or encourage them to discover the good news of Jesus and God's been so good with me. And I don't want guilt to motivate me. I don't want it to motivate us together what we want is this spirit of gratitude of what God has done for us and um, the experience of his daily love and mercy to us to move us forward, to get us out of this mold. And we've kind of couched it in these terms that we're about this year breaking the mold, breaking out of the stuff that holds us, locks us in. And there are all kinds of things, aren't there, that do that. This morning I woke up about four o'clock in the morning and um, I don't know I don't know why, but the Lord had this long list of things that he was convicting me of, of all this stuff that I allow to come first. We were, a couple weeks ago, we were in the book of Ephesians, which talks about the old thing, that, that old mold I'm in, and the new thing he wants for me, and the stuff of the oldness that locks me in. Paul's talking about our desires, and that really is a, a strong place to start my heart the things I prioritize above my friends knowing Jesus, the things I prioritize um, like my pride, um, my reputation, what will someone think of? I think that guy as he's floating down the river, the guy doesn't speak because he's thinking about, well, how's that guy's going to react, you know, if I say something or warn him? 
And we know this, that we have this mission as followers of Jesus to bring the gospel where we live right now. And um, the great wonder of God's design here in this area is that all the nations have come to us and we have this opportunity to speak out. And yet, far too often, I'm locked in this place. It's my desires, it's my pride, it's my fear of saying something. And so I stay inactive and and quiet. And um, we believe that God wants to break us out of the old, out of the mold. So to give a visual of that, um, we had Eduardo here pose for this. Actually, Pastor Nate wrapped him up in this stuff, and he had a little straw poking out of his mouth. And he went through this twice because we already broke up one mold. That was very impressive. So um, this is not me, but this is uh, my friend Eduardo, and, and I want to thank you. For, but we have to break out of the mold. And so I need a visual. I need a volunteer if I could. Great, Paul, come on up. Um, and... Uh, And uh, what I need you to do is just take that, wait a second, that looks like a little, keep me on, hold on, hold on to this thought here. I think I've got a, I've got a better one. I noticed that one was chipped a little, and um, so here, use this one. This is mine, I think it'll work better for you. If I can lift that one. Totally, dude, that's a, this is a little. And I just want you to um, give us a visual of whacking it. It's kind of hard, by the way, so you're going to have to just get right after it. I think we've got... Just anywhere you want. Oh, wow. That's all right. It's okay. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Ooh. Okay, that's good. That's good. No, you can take another shot. Oh, that's good. Good. Thank you very much. Dude, thank you. Appreciate it. Here's the visual. That, um, and we've talked about this that actually to break out of the mold of what's going on and the things that wrap us up from using our witness and what God is doing and pouring out grace proactively is that we have to be pretty intentional about it. He got intentional about swinging the hammer to this mold. And I believe that unless we take intentional steps to do that, we'll just stay right here. We'll stay where we're at because of all the habits we have and of the lifestyle we're living and our own desires and we'll just be locked in to not being effective to reach this community for Jesus. We won't do that individually. We won't do it as a church. We have to get very intentional in the steps that we take. And to help us understand a little of that intentionality and how it happens best, I um, want you to turn to Joshua chapter 5. Now, as you do, there's one more thing that bugged me about that video. I started thinking, what would it have been like if instead of just one guy sitting on the shore and that guy coming down, you know, just as he's going toward the falls, what would it have been like if one or two or three or four of his friends were there with him? Would they all have been silent if they knew the risk and what was going on? No, I think at least one person would have spoken up. Because in God's design, in his perfect design for us, he wants us to do this witness, this reaching the nations, every ethnos for his glory and for his namesake and bringing them to relationship through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to do that in community. From the very outset, God has designed this. In Genesis chapter 2, God says, it's not good for what? It's not good for man to be alone. Now, there's a lot of 
stuff being said there, it's totally true that men go way off the rails. If it wasn't for women in our lives, it would be disastrous. And God had a perfect design in that. But it's the same way for women too. He has not designed us to be out by ourselves because that's how we get picked off. That's how we fail. Think about all the colossal failures. There's a lot of them that happen with groupthink. But throughout Scripture, there's a lot of them that happen, people falling into sin because they were alone. They didn't have a community of godly people standing with them. What happens to Eve at the very beginning? She's by herself, and she gets tripped up into sin, and then she drags other people. What happens to Cain? He gets furious and angry with God and jealous and steps into murdering his brother because he's by himself. What happens to Elijah when Elijah is there and feeling the weight of spiritual responsibility? He thinks he's the only guy and he falls into depression. What happens to all, like David, when, when he's doing that stupid thing that he did with Bathsheba and Uriah? It happens because David is living outside of godly community. God has designed from the very outset for us to live life and to do our witness in community with support. Think of this. God, from the very beginning, designed an entire nation to be a light to the nations, to be a kingdom of priests, he says in Exodus. That is, people who would declare the praises and glory of God, and they would do that together, because he knew that it's difficult to do this alone. It's hard. I can't be this year all that God has intended for me to be without my friend Tony and without Bruce. We can't, I can't do this alone. You can't do it alone. We do it within godly community. And so at the outset, God had this plan. He had that plan for Israel. He brings them out of Egypt together, and they're doing this together. They look at the Red Sea, they get trapped, and together God declares his glory to them and this experience. And so they they go out to the Red Sea, and then they start to follow him, and they take a left turn. They can't trust him, and they, they mess up, and they wander around for 40 years in the wilderness. And then Joshua 5 happens. And I want you to think deeply about the, what God is teaching us through this event. Now, some of you might race straight to Joshua chapter 6, which is a very cool event. <clears throat> so cool, in fact, that VeggieTales tells a story. And they do a great job telling the story, except they miss some really critical events. That's why we're starting chapter 5 this morning. But you know the little peas on the wall in Jericho, and they're running around, and they're throwing slushies? That's a great story. I love how they do that. But um, I'm going to begin in chapter 5 this morning. So if you turn your Bible, open to Joshua chapter 5. We're going to read all the way 5 and 6 and think more deeply about the story because it connects to where we are today, the the spiritual lessons that God was teaching out, and where we are individually and as a fellowship, I believe. Starting verse 1, chapter 5. Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over, their hearts melted, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. That's kind of the emotional context of what happened. God just like he did in the Red Sea, dried the Jordan, and they walked through, and all the kings had heard about what God was doing. At that time, verse 2, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives, that's scary, and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haaraloth. Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the desert. 
on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the desert 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place. And these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were all uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained there where they were in camp until they were healed. Then, jo- then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. You remember every day God was providing for their need through this manna. His provision at that point with the manna stopped because they were moving into a new mission. It was a new day. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate of the produce of Canaan. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, they looked up and they saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. Then Joshua did so. Now Jericho, this was um, one of the oldest cities in the world and one of the most fortified cities in the world, was tightly shut up because of the Israelites, and no one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns or shofars in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets and have all the people give a loud shout. Louder than the people of Seattle shouted. (laughs) Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front. And he ordered the people, Advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. And the armed guard marched ahead of the priests and blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. And all this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the people, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So the So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord, blowing the trumpets. 
The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, that is, the false gods, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. And when the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed so that every man charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two people who had spied out the lad, Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put out the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua pronounced the solemn oath, cursed before the Lord is the man who undertakes to rebuild this city Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundation. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up its gates. And by the way, that's exactly what happened. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame, that is the fame of the Lord, spread throughout the land. So God had this, um, this crazy, amazing thing that he was doing with the people of Israel. <clears throat> and as we've been praying about what God's doing with us individually and corporately together as a church. Um, we believe that God is in the middle of doing this crazy thing like he typically does. And um, as this story proclaims, this step that we're about to take before the Lord, um, it begins with a commitment. Just like my relationship with the Lord begins with a commitment, I commit place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and to follow him. And I don't know all the things ahead. I can't fill in all the blanks, but I take a step of commitment and, and follow him proactively. People had experienced the power of God. They had seen what he did to bring him over the Jordan and it stopped there. And they made this commitment. It was a very practical commitment actually, wasn't it? And it called out every man who had yet to be circumcised, and they made flint knives. And in the middle of this, I'm thinking all the guys there are like very squeamish and wondering about this commitment they're about to make. And um, God's doing something very practical through this. He's saying, 
are you all in? Right? Are you willing, committed to me wholeheartedly? Are you willing to do anything that I ask you to do? And um, if it was just one guy, he would have ran for the hills. But in community, these men took this step forward. You'll be happy to know that we're not asking you to make the same commitment this morning. Um, the commitment that we're asking this morning together before the Lord in community is for you to take five. Five friends that God would place on your heart or he has been placing on your heart and commit to pray for them once a day the rest of the year. Just commit to pray that they would find relationship and wholeness in Christ, placing their faith in him. Five people that don't know him yet, that God has placed intentionally in your life that you can pray for. And the way we're asking you to make this commitment is to take one of these um, pieces of pottery that we have provided this morning. And at the end of the message, as you've been thinking about and praying through some friends, to jot their name down on this piece of pottery and then place it here before and all the community and the Lord as a reminder um, to pray for them. And we're going to do some creative stuff with this. We're not like putting their name or out or anything. We're just going to be keeping it before us as a fellowship to pray for our friends. And um, we also have some tangible things, way to keep that in your brain. If um, we've got a bunch of different colored um, these bracelets here that just remind you this year, if you'd like to use one, that's great. We also have some stickers here that you could put on your phone or on your forehead or wherever you might want to put it on. Um, just to keep a daily reminder in front of you to pray for your friends. And I know, maybe you don't have five. Maybe you've got one or two. That's great. Over the course of the year, maybe you want to add more to your list of people to pray. But we're asking you to take a, a step of commitment this morning forward. And not for your sake, certainly not for the sake of this church. We're asking you to take this step forward because this is the mission that God has for us. For us to affect where God has us here, the people in practical ways, for us to be a witness, to declare the glory of God and what he's done in our life, and to begin it by actively praying for the power of God to come. So um, at the end of the message, we're going to ask you to come forward and jot some names down that you are committed to pray for this year, pray for faithfully this year. There was this moment of commitment, and they took this step of commitment, and then after they had healed, they celebrated together the Passover. And the Passover for them was this marker. It was a marker of the redemption of God through the shed blood of a lamb, of an innocent lamb, and his deliverance for them into freedom, his breaking them out of Egypt, captivity, and leading them into freedom. That's what Passover was about. As believers, as followers of Jesus, we know this. There's this great connection between Passover and communion. This great connection between what God was helping the Israelites understand and what he was going to do through the Lord Jesus Christ, the innocent Lamb of God whose blood was shed for us so that we would discover freedom and be redeemed. And if you have placed your faith in God, you've experienced that. Redemption, God paying the price through his own blood for you, and freedom. No longer to live any old stuff bound by that, but set free to live a life 
for him completely. So not only was that first step, the circumcision step, a step of commitment, but this great reminder of Passover was a reminder of their commitment to live for him wholly and why they were doing it. Because it's God who set this free, not because of guilt or duty. We respond to the commitment back to the Lord out of this sense of love and affection for what he has done for us. So um, they take this step of commitment. And then Joshua is ready to go, right? He's ready to lead and he's ready to take command of the army and, and move them into the promised land. And I, you know, it doesn't fill in all the blanks, but I'm sure there's a little bit of the big-headedness that typically comes, guys, you know what I'm saying, when we're leading out. And um, he takes a few steps forward, and then all of a sudden, God does what? The text says in chapter 5, and we missed this on the Vigidel's version, that the commander of the Lord's army comes. And Joshua, kind of in his, you know, his clueless way that we can be sometimes, he says, hey, are you for us? Are you against us? And he's ready to take this guy on if he's against him. He's like, come on, if you're going to join our mission, my mission here to do this, what we're going to do. And what does he say? Yeah, uh, neither, actually. I, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. This is about the Lord and not about you. Totally humbles him, doesn't it? At the very beginning of what he's going to do this mission, God takes the commander of the Lord's army, this angel, that appears to Joshua, and Joshua does what people always do in the presence of the glory of God. He just bows face down and is humbled and is reminded that he's there to serve the Lord. This year, actually starting today, this is not about you. Certainly not about the church bridges. This is about the honor and glory of the Lord God, and we serve him, not the other way around. We can't live our lives pretending that God serves us. So we come to him in prayer with a a list of requests that just revolves our own needs and wants and desires. That's selfishness. God has moved us beyond that place of immaturity into a place that's better. Just like he was leading Joshua to a better place of, of commitment and leadership that it's done on our knees before the Lord as, as we acknowledge that he is God and we serve him. And then, of course, you know the story, right? They're given this crazy, impossible mission. This great fortified city, Jericho, is going to be conquered as they walk around it. And then as they shout, he gives them something impossible to do. Why? Well, we can guess some of the reasons. He gives us these impossible things because he loves faith. He loves dependence. He loves us understanding that it's in our weakness that he is strong, Scripture says. So he asked him to do this wild, crazy thing, to, do, to walk around the city. And if you know the Vigitalis version, you know, they're getting mocked at like a bunch of Richard Sherman's on the wall, you know, talking to him, talking trash, and, and they're throwing slushies at him, right? Well, the stories, I'm sure there's part truth in that. There are People from Jericho on the wall mocking them as they did this thing that God had asked them, called them to do that seemed wild. Now, how does that connect to you? Doesn't it seem crazy to you that as your life mission to bring glory to God, that he would say, go into all the world and make disciples of every ethnos, every people group? Isn't that 
Am I the only one here that thinks that's crazy and wild? How, how does a guy like Paul, who just did this smashing here, how does a guy like Paul reach his friends who happen to be from a very different culture? How does that happen? How do we cross boundaries? Even in our, how does a, how a guy like Keith reach people who he works with that happen to come from an, an Indian culture or a Vietnamese culture or any other culture? How does that happen? Only by the power and the strength of the Lord God Almighty? That's the only way this crazy mission that God has for us gets accomplished? So we acknowledge that from the very beginning, that what God has us doing is a little bit wacko, it seems, unless we really are people of faith. How would this work if we started praying every day for our friends? Is he actually going to draw them to himself? Have you ever had the privilege of leading someone to Jesus? I don't know. Every time this happens with me, it's a huge reminder of my life again that that had nothing to do with me. It wasn't about my competency. It wasn't about my skill or knowledge. It had nothing to do with me. God had prepared them all the days of their life to come to a place of decision to choose him. And he used the power of people praying for that person. And then they came. They came through his word. They came through a timely interaction. They came through a bunch of things that God had prepared their heart for, and they came to faith. And that's how your friends and your family members come to him and will come to him this year. That's how the people that you jot down on these shards, that's how they'll come. Because God chooses to do it his way, in his timing. So they march around the first day, and um, the people in Jericho are thinking, what a bunch of loonies. And they're thinking that, I'm, I'm sure, themselves, because they're doing it. And if it was one person that God had called them to, I think that person would have cut and run. But they're doing it in community. They're doing it together, supporting each other in the process. Because our mission requires us, together, to be people of faith who rely wholeheartedly on God, to see His power break out as He does His thing with us, together, in unity. And then I'm reminded this, that to fulfill this mission, both for the people, the Israelites walking around Jericho, and for you and for me this year, we must let the Lord go before us every step of the way. Did you see how he designed this to happen? He said, oh, here's the deal. The army's not going to go first in this thing, in this adventure. I'm going to stick the priests. You know, those guys you can't fight, but they're, they're the guys that... that Point people to me. They're going to go first, and they're going to carry the ark of the Lord, the, the symbol of the presence of God. That's going to go first, and you're going to, the military guys, they're going to follow around, and all the people of Israel are going to be watching this happen, that the presence of God leads us, nothing else. It's the presence of God. And then you saw that, that the priests are blowing these horns, the shofars. You know what they were used for? They, they weren't used for the military purposes. They were used primarily as a call to worship. So the people would come to worship the Lord. So here they are, these priests that are coming as a call to worship the Lord, and they're doing this thing as they circle around Jericho every day. And it's this wonderful reminder that God and his glory are at the center of his task. And, and people see the worship of the Lord goes first, and they follow him. That's what we're calling the church of God here at Bridges to, to follow the Lord every 
moment, to be praying about it, to be lifting up and responding to the glory of God. And I, I just loved the visual that he was giving them. And then at the end, the seventh day, when they walk around seven times, there had to have been this moment where they wondered, wow, can the Lord pull this off? You know, what's going to happen? We're going to yell and then nothing? Is he actually going to come through? Or what's going to happen? Will he be true to his promises? Have you ever wondered that? Everybody else dead here? Man, I, there are times where I, I take these small steps, baby steps of faith, and I wonder where God could, could actually, is he actually alive and real and he's going to express himself in power? My faith can be weak sauce. And, and yet, God loves to do this stuff because he's God. He's the Almighty. And sure enough, in that moment, the walls fell down. No surprise because he had promised it. And it was about his power and his glory. And it still is for us this day. It's about his power and his glory showing up and changing the lives of our friends. And I love the end of the story here. Not sure if you've noticed this. That it, when everything was said and done, the major thing that happened was that the fame of the Lord went forward. The fame of the Lord was proclaimed. Because it wasn't the Israelites that conquered Jericho. It was the power of God that did this work. At the end of the day, what we're praying for is that people would experience the power of God in their lives, breaking down the walls of shame and guilt and sin and distance between themselves and God and come into right relationship with Him. We're praying that this city, that this region, would experience the fame of the Lord God Almighty. And we're going to pray that way dependently for that to happen and to wait on him to do his good work. It's a fantastic story. And that's just kind of just barely touching the very um, surface of it, isn't it? There are more great lessons to learn. I invite you to dig into it. But I'd like us this morning, to take this one step forward of commitment. To call upon the Lord and his power and strength that he would express himself in the life of our family and friends. Some of you have been thinking about this and you've got some friends that, you're, that you know of. Perhaps you didn't come with a list of five, you've only got two or three, and that's okay. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward and to jot some of those names down. If you take a piece of pottery, and there's some pins up here, you can jot some names down and then put it back, and we're going to do something really creative with it together. And it's, it's about you taking a forward step of saying, you know, I would love to see God's purposes accomplished in my life this year. And I'm going to take a step forward to, to actively join his purposes to reach every ethnos, every people for his namesake, and to realize that I have this active role to play in the purposes of God, to pray, to begin there, to simply pray for people every day that they would come to faith in Christ this year. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. I'm going to lead us in prayer. And as they play, there will be a video that will be shown to will give us space and time just to respond. And I'm going to encourage you to take one of these pieces of pottery, write down those names, and place it before this as an offering to the Lord 
And then um, if you want another daily reminder, you can grab one of those here that will be in front of you. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you um, for this event that happened in time and history where you declared your power and um, some of the great spiritual truths taught out of this account that have real force for us. I'm reminded, Lord, just as Joshua is confronted that he was told, this is, this is holy ground. And Lord, you know who you want to reach through us, but um, you call us to take steps of commitment to you, steps that would um, fulfill the mission you have for our lives as we pray. And we know nothing can happen unless uh, you show up in power in the life of our friends and family who you want to draw into life relationship with you. And we don't want to be the people who say nothing and do nothing this year, just get caught up in our own junk and self. But we want want you to express yourself. We want people to come to faith in Christ. And we're dependent on you to do something So move us, draw us closer to your purposes. And uh, we would love to see family and friends come to you in faith this year, discover newness of life in you. Lord, do a work here. I pray by the power of the name of Jesus Christ and the movement, the conviction of God's spirit for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Bridges Community Church, located in Fremont, California. For more information about Bridges Community Church, please visit us online at www.bridgescc.org.